Now that we are here together and the listeners have not heard you make some certain requests that you wish to emasculate me and take my testicles from me so that I will be more malleable to your desires. (laughs) Um, Well, let's not forget more malleable and less pungent. Less pungent? I'm pungent? now, Kathy, do you realize I brushed my teeth just to do the show with you? Even though I, we're fifteen hundred s- miles yes. away from each other, there's like two states between us, man. I I still I just I don't even know why I'm like I'm gonna go brush my teeth because <laughs> I have to do a show with Kathy, and then so, you turn around and burp right into the mic. I I don't understand you men. What? Well, that's this is you know Venus and Mars, bro. But you, you know? brush your teeth even though we're not in the same room, and yet then you burp into the mic. Yeah, I burp into the mic, but that's to let you know I brushed my teeth because it doesn't smell like 70 foods I've eaten today. It smells minty fresh. Reaching really long. There's no way that that's what it means. You're just a a disgusting male uh, with or without testicles, and you burp everywhere and fart as if it doesn't matter. That's what men do. Well, then, goddammit, Kathy, I'm taking my testicles back. Because yeah, there's no winning with you. You can emasculate me. I have no testicles. Or I can have testicles. Either way, it's a lose-lose. So I'm going to keep my nuts. And let's do a show. Okay. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. It's good to be a man again. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording tonight in front of our laptops as usual, because apparently we've got nothing better to do. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and oh my goodness, Kathy, so much fun, especially after last week's show where we had Headley and Wicked Reading, who, by the way, well, she she emailed today that she was not as horrified as she thought she would be, so she felt she did good. It was a very good reading. Uh, she has a great voice, and it was it was done very well. I have to tell you, that was great. Did you not acknowledge the artistic and seductive, passionate writing that I contributed to that? No, uh, you did not. Uh, you did not. Uh, in other I'm words, I'm going to be honest saying, with you. <laughs> in other words, what you're saying is if I gave her a package of hot sauce or tortilla mix, she would be able to read it sexy, regardless of the garbage that I put in front of her. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep it real here, Boogie. It, she's got a great voice and great pacing, and really, she she just could have read anything, and it would have sounded great. But I'm I will say that it was a very it was exactly what I would expect from you. There. How's that? Oh, now I'm predictable. <laughs> Man, I just can't win tonight. Just take my testicles right back from me. <laughs> Go ahead. 
I never gave them back to you. <laughs> now I'm predicting, well, stop it. What is it like when you're a kid and they go, got your nose? Is that what you're doing? You just yeah, reach exactly. down, got your testicles, and I'm all, give them back. You can't take them. They're mine. <laughs> you can't have them back, man. By the way, yeah, I, I did I did listen to um, Headley's listener segue. Was it magical? <laughs> oh, my God. That was so cool. <laughs> I don't I know what you. kind of, what accent is he going for? It is a very, very unusual and precise accent. He sounds like Willy Wonka. He kind like of Like a combination does. like Willy, who just, it was, it was a lot of fun. He was just a lot of fun. and Yeah, it was really great. Because I, rem- I remember I was listening to you kind of mimic him, not in a bad way, but you were trying to do what he was doing. And I thought, oh, God, there goes Boogie again. And I'm sure that Headley doesn't sound anything like that. And if anything, it was like spot on. That is exactly <laughs> what he sounded like. <laughs> he is a delightful character. So uh, now that we've had last weekend taken care of, what about you? Any good news? <laughs> no, I don't got uh, I don't really have a lot. Um we had a good weekend. Uh he I will say the Creative Explorer is upping his meanness level, which I'm oh, enjoying which tremendously. Yes, I really enjoy. Cuz there's something wrong with me clearly. I have some mental issues that make make me, uh, you know, get excited when a guy is mean to me. Hmm. Well, not any guy. Let's not let's not just say any guy. If some dude came up off the street and smacked me, I'd be like, "What? Get off of me!" <laughs> would you do it just like that? Yes, because that would be terrifying. <laughs> Literally terrifying, wouldn't it? I, I start screaming and bratting out on him and doing the windmill with my arms. <laughs> so that's your ninja move. That is literally. That is the brat ninja move. You would tear yeah. through an entire wall of man right there. By the way, you know, I've uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, is always a little crazy when with you and I in different states and you recording segments differently is that I um, sometimes don't get to weigh in uh, when other people do segments. And I want to do that because I want them to hear it if they're listening and know that I really appreciate what they're doing. And Mel and Aki, who I've taken to call in Malaki. Just for short. (laughs) Did an awesome job with the Discord, by the way. I think so. It was was a very good first run. Very excited to have another one with them. It was great. I'm so happy they wanted to do it and put that much work into it. I think it's great having them on board. Fit Life is the place. Talk about genital torture in subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about Fit Life, motherfucker. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. This week I have a post from Wolflord74. I always wonder when they have that number does that mean that's the year they were born because then i start thinking how old are these well it could be but sometimes you know wolf lord might be a popular name and they've had it for a long time but of course there's seven billion people in the world it it's you know (laughs) it could be a repeat you know they tag on a number there are there are 73 other wolf lords (laughs) there are 73 (laughs) other wolf lords and of course now 74 wolf lord is plotting a takeover and we'll start <laughs> knocking off the other wolf lords until it can be number one wolf lord, which is a 
archetype that I respect, and I I look to see great things from Wolf Lord seventy four, uh, getting Wait, getting he's gonna, getting his way up the wolf ladder. Yes, he's going to claw his way up to Wolf Lord one, the one and only. All right, so he wrote a post called "What." <laughs> I'm number one. <laughs> I am the best. Or it could be that that's the year he was born. Or, or the year he graduated high school. Yes, it could be anything. Yeah. How much time are we going to spend talking about this guy's name? We fuck with everybody's names, Kathy. Anyone that <laughs> gives true. us permission, they have to go. It's like trial by fire. You know, <laughs> it's like if you want two losers to really get into your post, you have to go through this gauntlet of stupid jokes about your name. <laughs> it's so true. And if you can make it through that without writing us a letter saying, I I will never give you permission again, <laughs> then you have you have trial by fired on perverted podcast. Welcome to the family. <laughs> That's what people. makes you Wolf Lord number one. <laughs> Something to aspire to. Okay. Well, he wrote a great post called Talk About Your Submissive Needs. It's important. It's sexy. It might just save a relationship and soak some sheets, which I think is an awesome <laughs> title. That's what grabbed me from the beginning. Okay. He says, I know subs who fear being told by a dominant that they're needy and not a real sub simply for asking for certain things in bed or for more rules and restrictions. It's a genuine but needless concern. Information is power. We all have specific things that push the right buttons. Talk to him about yours. Think of the discussion as a look at your body's user manual. Never be afraid to ask for what you need. What you need is what you deserve. A talk with a dom about your needs is one any confident dom will welcome. Doesn't make the sub a bad sub or the dom a weak dom. It's a way to ensure two adults have a powerful, meaningful experience with each other. It's important for a play session and vital for a BDSM relationship. So the mutual effort of a sub and a dom to be the best for their lover is what guarantees a strong bond and contented couple. So to anyone out there afraid to talk to your dom about what you truly need, don't be silent. You need something? Say something. Have the talk. You'll both be better for it. Hmm. Indeed. Hum, yes. Indeed. Now then, before I let you go, I just want to say, as we know, if I totally agree with a post, then it's going to be lame. Because all I'm going to say is, I totally agree with this post. This is exactly, I feel the same way. I think Wolf Lord nailed it. Definitely moving up. You know, this 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 post definitely moved him from 74 to at least in the high 20s. <laughs> wow. As far as, as far as Wolf Lords. Uh, it was a good post, and I totally agree with it. We have endless examples on this show about... Talking about this, you've you've eloquently shared on numerous occasions having the talk uh, with your partners, and I've had those talks with my partners, and 99 times out of 100, it has a great positive result, or at least we get closer and a better understanding of our partners. Right. Agree? Disagree? Yes. Okay. I agree. Are you going to give me a big old butt? Well, so I spent my time trying to 
say, yes, this is what I believe, absolutely. But what about those relationships that have different approaches to their dynamic or they have different needs to their dynamic? So I'll let you go ahead and and give your thoughts first, and then maybe we can go down another road. Well, primarily for me, the the whole information is power line. That is almost number one up on my list of what I desire from any relationship, whether it's a work relationship, just a friendship, family, it doesn't matter. I Information for me is one of the most important things that a, a, a partner of any kind can give me. And that information doesn't always have to be, it, it, it's not always going to be great for you to hear. Sometimes it's going to suck to hear, but uh, I would, ra- I would always rather get that information than be in the dark. So I am a huge advocate of speaking up and uh, giving your partner information that whether they like hearing it or not, they absolutely need to have. I agree with him that it is what makes a strong relationship. Now, not everybody is going to feel that way. Um, As an example, God, I guess I'd say that while I don't necessarily keep things from a partner, I do choose what it is I'm going to tell a partner. So I I don't want anyone to think that I'm all about just opening your mouth and saying everything that's in there because uh, they need to know every single little thing. Not everybody is entitled to everything that's in your head. Uh, but if it's information that that partner needs to have uh, and you're keeping it from them, my opinion, that is not a quality relationship. And a lot of times in, in a power exchange relationship, as he says, the person who is submissive or a bottom finds it very difficult to speak up and say things. And that's just something that as as a submissive, you have to get over. That's just something that every submissive will probably have problems with at some time or another. Um, But I have to say that I actually think I agree with you that not everybody has that dynamic. I, there are people out there who have a dynamic where, look, I'm the dominant and I'm the one who makes the decisions. And uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to hear a whole lot of uh, opposing opinions from you. I'm the one who decides, and that's, I mean, we've talked about this before. There, there are many people, many little subdivisions of communities who have that kind of power exchange where there, there isn't a lot of give and take. There's just, I'm the one who's going to make the decisions. I've never been comfortable in those kinds of relationships, but I know they're out there and I know that they can be very powerful. So uh, what he says in this post is for a very, um, specific set of people in the kink community. It doesn't apply to everybody. I absolutely agree. And I think from my experience in my own relationships, in doing the show and being in the community for a long time, being on kinky social media and, and listening to many of the other conversations other couples are having, that I would almost dare to say that the majority of people that seek power dynamic relationships and kinky sex relationships that I think the overall goal is what this poster wrote. And that is to communicate and to enhance each other's lives and to find out more about what the other likes and sexually, mentally, you know, that that is going to be a goal for the most of the people in the kinky community. Right. So 
so that I think is why this is more of like a two thumbs up. Great post. Love it. Yes. New people need to see this because I think the majority of people want to be in a situation like that because the top gets something different than some of these other things that we're going to talk about. Some of the things that you just touched on where I love my partners sexually to feel pleasure because that empowers me. And then I get validation for that. And they tell me I'm a love God or that how great it is to, uh, be able to break down those walls that other people have programmed into them. And I enjoy that exploration. And I think most uh, tops really enjoy that challenge of making uh, the person that they've been given trust to handle to make them better. Uh, And I don't think it necessarily means that in the dynamic relationships where it is more authoritarian and there is less wiggle room, there's a spectrum in that too that goes from healthy to abusive, um, which every type of relationship has that spectrum, that it can appear to be healthy and actually be very abusive based on a number of factors. It could be the person's not ready for this type of dynamic, good, bad, or indifferent. And so you have to kind of gauge on that. But I think it's very important to tell our listeners that there are lots of people because there's some people that listen to us and they're like, I don't want this lovey-dovey type of dynamic. I want to give up my power and not make decisions for myself. Right. I want to become what my dominant or master wants me to become, I, whether I like it or not. I want what they want me to be because for whatever personal reasons, the version of yourself, you want to try a change. You want to blah, 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 blah. Once again, there's that spectrum. So I don't want people to think that it is bad to want that type of dynamic. Once again, as long as you're respecting those personal limits and hopefully the thing is, is that these relationships that are more authoritarian with less wiggle room can have more dangers and red flags attached to them because you're not communicating as much. You're not allowed to have as much of a say. You can always leave. There is no such thing as legal slavery. That was abolished a long, long time ago. Um, it is a role play type of relationship, and you do have the ability at any time to say, I'm not into this. I don't care if I agreed to this a hundred times. You can absolutely walk away. But it is important to understand that that negotiation still kind of has to happen. Right. I agree. Um, on a side note here, Boogie. How would you feel about diving right into a some fucking advice that I completely forgot we had that speaks that is a perfect example of what you just described? And we could I mean we could do we've never done that before, but this, I'd yeah, love sure. to do that. Okay. Let's just go, so, man. We're just, okay. just let's just grab our kinky surfboards of discussion and <laughs> let's just jo- when sex said from your grandma does not suffice, go to perverted podcast. Some fucking advice. 
unusual a first for a perverted podcast. We're going to go right into some fucking advice because Shayla wrote to us and she had a question. She wanted some advice on just exactly what Boogie's talking about. And I think it would be great for listeners to hear a, um, an example of how this plays out in real life. This is what she said to us. She said, I am a wife and a slave to my master. We currently live in a city I dislike in a part of the country I dislike. Master likes it here and it's close to both of our families. So he decided that we will stay here for the foreseeable future. And he bought us a beautiful house. This was after we talked and talked and talked about it. It was a long deliberation. However, I feel trapped. I feel caged. I want out of this city and out of this part of the country. But master made the decision, and as a slave, I surrender to it. But my feelings keep disagreeing. How does a slave come to terms with a decision that is an antithesis to what they really desire? I need help with emotional surrender or something. I always cried when I read this boogie because I'm like, oh my God, this poor girl to be in a part of the country that you absolutely despise and yet you're in a power exchange and you have to do whatever your master says. This is a tough one. I did not have a chance to prepare. I I, I remember reading I can, this. I can start talking if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just soaking it in. This, I remember reading this. Yeah. And, and I have to, I have to say that she's using some very powerful verbiage to describe what she's going through as the antithesis of what she really desires. I want you to sit there and let that sink in. What she's basically seeing is this the polar opposite of everything that is in her. To be somewhere in a place surrounded by people in a community that is the opposite of who you are. That's soul crushing kind of stuff right there. That's not something that you go, well, I don't really like this fucking job or I don't like that. I have to see my, you know, family during the holidays. Uh, that's not what we're talking about here. This is the kind of thing that not only has the potential to potential to ruin your relationship, but has the potential to really mess with you personally in your own head. To give in to give in to something so that you can't find a way out of. So the real question is, can you find your way out of that? Can you find a way of making it work? Or are you fighting so hard against it that you haven't even really given it a chance? I don't know what's in Shayla's head, so I have no idea. But this is a, a, an example of a very real dilemma that people in this side of kind of dynamic have. This is something that you and I would not do because we're very free spirited and ain't nobody going to put a hold on us. Uh -huh. um, so we have that. But I but when you were reading that and you were talking, uh, which seemed almost a disgust towards this dilemma. What I saw was an or and that or was, is this a soul crushing or is this the potential for a soul releasing. And obviously, if you are trying to do something that is very, almost seems like a martyrdom to your current way of thinking, sometimes you must both physiologically and mentally annihilate your point of view about your wants and desires. That level of surrender takes 
an enormous amount of work. Now, we're not going to discuss whether the motives are right or whether she's just being stubborn or that she has this incredible sense of loyalty that's been programmed into her that'll make her stay in a relationship that's shitty and unfulfilling, even if it is. Let's just assume that the reason that she is in this dynamic is because she believes at the end of the road that there is a possible enlightenment that she cannot achieve with her current point of view. Sometimes you have to legitimately break that fantasy to find a higher truth in yourself. You hear this all the time with like extreme trainings and meditation and, you know, all these, you know, obviously in martial arts and military and all of these things that just literally seem like they're just completely breaking the spirit. But what they also have the potential to do is to show you a part of yourself, a strength in yourself that you have never experienced or even knew that was there. So when I hear this, that is the only way I can see this working. If it was for me, I'm not strong enough to surrender to an experience like that. Like right now, I'm somewhere where I'm like, this is not me. I, you know, It's totally not me. But I'm like, okay, we'll get a car and then drive back to Los Angeles. So, But this is a situation where this person is now kind of embedded in a house with the master. They want to stay with the master. They love the master. They... You know, it's not a bad relationship. She's just in a bad place. But there is a potential there. If she goes for that potential, then where she is in the bigger picture is inconsequential. I mean, it's true because in the, the, the end of that email, what she's asking for is advice on how to surrender. So clearly there is something in her that wants to be able to do that. So now she's the only person who's going to really be able in a position to decide which one is it is it so soul crushing that i simply cannot do it and no amount of catharsis is going to get me through this or is it something that i can push past and arrive at that other end that you describe boogie she's right. the only one who can decide that so my sure. only concern is despite the fact that they talked and talked and talked she, she said it was a long deliberation was he aware of how soul crushing this is for her? Was she aware that he was he aware that she considers it the antithesis of what she really desires? Because sure. I, I find it hard to imagine that somebody, a man who loves his slave, does not care that this is the antithesis of her desire. That would be my question in this long deliberation that you and he had. What was his response when you said, this is the exact opposite of everything I've ever wanted? Those are pretty strong words. And I cannot imagine that someone who loves you has an easy time hearing that. That would be my only concern. To what extent did you make him aware of how, how hard this was for you? Kathy, there was a movie called Kill Bill. Uh, we've talked about this. movie. <laughs> huh? Yes. We've talked about this movie before. <laughs> we have. I think we talked about this uh, in a different thing. But when Uma Thurma's character goes up the mountain to be trained by the fucking psychopath, you know, Mr. Superhero Psychopath Master. Right. There was no concern 
he almost seemed to take pleasure in her breaking. But he also knew, just like a dentist knows when he's going to drill in that fucking tooth, that it's not going to be pleasurable. They know at the end there is a better way. There's a, There's healing. There's empowerment. They also know that the student has no clue. They hope that it's going to be better. They hope that it's there's going to be relief and that they're going to be a better person or they're going to be a better martial artist or they're going to be whatever. They hope, but they don't know. But in some instances, hopefully, the master has enough experience to know that even though you despise this, if we can go through this process together, at the end, I know you're going to be a better person. Yeah. And you know what the problem with that for me is, not for her. The problem for me is I don't know that I ever would trust that someone is that smart, that wise, and that masterful that they know better than I do what I need in my life. Because certainly there are people out there who know better than me what I should be doing. I'm, I am not the smartest person out there. Sure. <laughs> I mean, look where I am in my life at this point. You and me I, both, pumpkin. <laughs> but if there were someone out there who could do that, I would go for it. But I would never know that that's what they're going for. Is this person just want their way? Do I really trust them to do that? Do they really possess that level of wisdom, that ability to look at me and say, I know what's better for you? I don't know that those those types of people are so few and far between that I've never come across them. Well, now granted I don't I don't know that many people, but I I do know far more people who are arrogant enough to think that they're able to do that, but whether they can actually do it and whether they actually have the other person's best interest at, at heart, I would question. Now, if she hears this, if Shayla hears this and says, "Yes, this man actually can do it." Well, now your path is a little bit clearer. Because now you understand that this is someone who has the ability to teach you something that you wouldn't on your own. Kathy, I completely agree with this. And this is why I will say, for those of you that are out there, and there's a lot of us that seek that higher self that maybe don't know how to get there. And we look for trainers and spiritual advisors and therapists and and that type of stuff to get us there. The only way that this, I mean, it's not the only way. It, it, there have been people that have had successes meeting somebody online, and it turns out that they're actually pretty awesome and that took them on a great journey. But the majority is not going to be online. This is something where you watch somebody, you see their masterfulness. There, most masters that that have a reputation of being masters in any skill besides kink, BDSM, and auto mechanics and martial arts, blah blah blah. Um, you can see what they do. You can see their masterfulness. You can see the effect they've had on other people. You know, people that follow yogis and and stuff like that. You can see their history. You can hear the students that have learned under them you can hear and make better choices but if you're going to go in a situation like this where you're going to give that blind trust to somebody you really should have an understanding of their actual experience in being able to do this oh yeah i mean uh, if you're going to move to another part of the country that you hate with somebody you don't trust 
what the hell are you doing in the first place? But so I can only assume that possibly that's something, but you know what? No amount of, um, no, no, no other person, no amount of wisdom that someone else has, in my opinion, can really ever replace your own better judgment. And so I think that she has quite a decision to make here. Uh, I mean, really, that's kind of like your worst fucking nightmare is wait, you've wait, wait, devoted. Wait, wait. What? Hang on. I'm going back to the your nothing can replace your own better judgment. Well, yeah. That you're prioritizing. Yeah. In, in this in this life, there, for better or worse, you're responsible for yourself is the only responsibility that you have to the planet and to your fellow humans is the fact that you can make the decision for yourself. So ultimately you can take somebody's advice. You can temporarily give it to them, give responsibility for your life to them. But ultimately you're the person who has to be responsible for your own life. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I thought you were saying, you know, your personal judgment is the best, which oh God, if that's no. the case, wouldn't we have, would we be complete fucking train God. wrecks on this talk can, show? Can uh, there imagine? are lots of. <laughs> can you imagine if that was my outlook on life? Ain't nobody my... got a better better opinion than I do. My best instincts have caused me <laughs> egregious pain and suffering. <laughs> oh God, yeah, <laughs> incredible no, no, pain no. and suffering. But I do understand that ultimately you have to make that choice. Yeah, and... you're the one who's got, I mean, only you can. You, The only power any one of us has is over our own selves, and even that power is limited. So, yeah. um, well, I think we've given her, all, and hopefully anybody who's listening, a lot of information, a lot of things to take into account. Without more information, I think that's the best we can do. But, uh, you know, my heart goes out to her. That's the, That's got to be the worst fucking thing in the world when you want one thing and and the person that you love wants the opposite that, that's a horrible decision to have to make i think so too i wish we could have got into all the other stuff that i was because i was actually going to explain why i hate greedy doms and you know stuff like I, that uh, <laughs> uh, but we can get to that in another into another topic good luck to shayla and thank you wolf lord 74 for all this great information to go on that was a it's now Wolf Lord 24. <laughs> it was a good post and a good discussion. Definitely up. I look forward to the next post and see if he can bump it up another, just bump out another 10 Wolf Lords. Oh, my God. But this That's was a, a lot good of pressure jump. for one person. That's like literally he done, he bumped off 50 Wolf Lords in one post. It's a good post. <laughs> I'm not going to give him the the title. You know, on one, and that would just be pussy, you know? The title with the big belt that goes with it. Big belt with it. A big wolf. <laughs> like a Texas belt buckle. There's no California belt buckles. Have you ever noticed that? No. You go to California, you're not going to go to California and be like, hey, I'm going to wear a belt buckle of California. I don't think they have that same pride about no, California as they do in Texas. At least that's we what really I've noticed, don't. God damn it. Yeah. Uh-uh. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. How are you doing, Enigma? I'm doing good. I'm over here in my uh, my masturbation chair. Very comfortable. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your master bedroom. I'm all, you mean the room? Yes. I mean, it, it, it's the master bedroom because it's the only run. That is wonderful and spacious and glorious and, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and masturbatory-y. 
Oh, yes. The the walls echo with pornographic material. <laughs> they echo? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like it loud. I don't know. I'm sure your neighbors do, too. <laughs> They're all, well, he's at least it's, you know, it lowers the risk of prostate cancer. Exactly. I'm, I'm much healthier these days. Well, there was a there was an article that came out about that, that it was, you know, putting men's health at risk because they weren't having as much sex. Mm-hmm. You know, so if they, you know, because there's studies that show a, a reduced likelihood of prostate cancer because i guess you're just knocking the cancer cells off your prostate if you just jerk off a couple few times a week right right and and, uh you know because that sounds sure why not uh but i really don't think it's affected men i think uh i think we're still ejaculating as much just uh not with a partner well i mean and that's probably something we've talked about before where it's like masturbation is important so if it's if you haven't necessarily gotten into it before now's a good time to try it out now's a good time to get friendly with your ween exactly so what's going on with you anything uh sexy any good dirty talking any more naked wrestling um i've started a couple of uh online role-playing nothing in person for a little while uh but i i did start one online i i my when when I roleplay or, or, or sext, it's usually more realistic. But in this case, I decided to go a little bit off because it's Halloween, Ooh. and 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 I I can't get my mind fuckery in elsewhere these days because <laughs> haunted houses are closed. So I I started a, a an online roleplay where I'm basically like this evil ghost in a house, and this this little girl creeps in and and like oh, she got dared to come into this house, and I. And I grab her, and I fuck her, and I give her a little demon baby. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it was all it, cool until you said the word pregnancy demon baby. Oh my god! I mean, they have a demon paternity suit on your hands. You're gonna have <laughs> demon child support payments. I mean, Jesus Christ, Enigma! Can't you use demon prophylactics or something? Hey, now my demonic sperm needed to be released. I'd been <sighs> in slumber for too long, and it needed to come out. Um, I guess so. Well, now you got yourself <laughs> a bunch of little spirits running around, calling you fucking daddy devil and wanting shit. Trust funds. And- oh no, this this demon child they they popped out and they 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 left immediately to go ravage the the local town like it was uh you know oh like a sea turtle pretty much like yeah, a yeah. babe like a violent baby sea turtle without parental intrusion yes yes violent murdering probably some rapage uh baby sea turtle all right well that's that's different <laughs> that's different yeah go ahead go ahead with your big bad demon self i mean it's it's the creepiest thing i'm gonna be doing this month so i might as well get into it i'm I'm saying that's pretty creepy yeah yeah i'm saying you definitely you know achievement unlocked (laughs) we got a lot of stuff in the social world you sent me some great stories and articles some of them i have read and some of them i had read other articles in the same topics so why don't you go ahead and uh, get us started sure so I'm going to start off with an article. This uh, is called New Research Uncovers Women's and Men's Reactions to Receiving Unsolicited Dick Pics. <laughs> this article comes from SciPost.org, and you can, of course, find all of our articles on our Discord channel. So first off, I would like to put my heart out and my thanks to the researchers who really got to work on such an important research topic. Um, this, this, is, <laughs> this is like, is water wet? You know, is air airy? This was this was truly an inspirational uh, research. 
but it did bring up some interesting things. The, the researcher Alexandra uh, Marcotti was particularly interested because while the practice is pretty common these days, there's not a lot, a lot of actual social psychology research on the reactions or the reasons behind the pics. Uh, we just kind of assume that it's it's going to be a straight dude who just wants to show off his dick and hopefully get a good response from it. Um, and how people are navigating consent in the digital space, which is real realistically isn't that old. Like right. the internet, as we know, it has not been around for more than maybe 20 years. Yeah, and, a little more. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so that's not in the research world. That's that's not a lot of time to actually see what the, the, res, the reactions are going to be. So of the 130 participants of this study, 90% of them said they had received an unsolicited dick pic. Um, this included about uh, a little bit more men than women, but um, it, was, it was pretty even. Uh, men tended to not mind them as much, going as far as to say that they were entertained by the act, while most women were generally grossed out by it. Now, when you're saying men, you're saying gay and bisexual men. Yes, they, they specifically were going after the uh, gay and bisexual crowd. Right, right, right. Basically, the research study was focusing on the people who they assumed would be into receive or uh, interacting with a penis in some way. Sure, sure. So, uh, and they they did find that a small number of women do enjoy getting pics like that, but in general, you should fucking ask first. Well, I mean, this is not to be a dick. <laughs> see, see what he did there. <laughs> But this is the mentality when you have somebody that doesn't really give a shit about the other person and they're just looking for a reaction. That's sales mentality. 25% okay reaction. That's a one in four. Right. That's a one in four that you're going to get an okay response. So you have a lot of people that um, have salesman mentality and they're just going to get a bunch of no's until they get a yes or they get the reaction they want. And that's also important to go into the other part of the reaction, which you don't hear a lot of talk about. Not all people send dick pics just because they want you to have sex with them or fantasize about having sex with them. A lot of times it is kind of an act of assault because yeah. they want a reaction out of you. They want to know that you're upset they want to know that you've been offended, and so it becomes kind of, in their mind, this consensual non-consent or just a, a flat-out uh, assault. There's people who dislike women um, very greatly, and so they know if they can repulse a woman, then that they get a charge out of that. So there's a lot of different reasons why people will send, why guys will send pictures of their own dicks. So when you think about that, it's kind of like, well, how do you solve this this problem when 25% of the women are saying, well, I, I don't mind. I, I like seeing pictures of penises. And right. then the other 50% are like, I don't like it. I think this is very intrusive into my privacy uh, and invalidating my consent. And then you have the other percentage that's kind of like indifferent about it. And I, I follow some sex workers um, on Twitter and a lot of them, or on, online in general, a lot of them have started, like, using dick pics as, as a way to be entertained. Like, they've started kind of, I guess, reclaiming what the men are trying to do and, and using it as, a, like, they'll, they'll screenshot it or they will, like, send the, send the dick pic, like, a scorecard of, <laughs> of their rating of the dick. Like, it's, right. like... A, a, a lot of a lot of these people who people assume it's like oh you're a sex worker so of course you want to see my penis like 
they've started like kind of reclaiming the the control of that. But I I I see this a lot as the same thing as like those cat collars on the street. It's like, oh hey, lady, I like your tits. It's like they, it's like they. You wonder if they that has ever worked, but maybe that's not the point. They they're just doing it for the reaction. Well, in 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 a sense, it once again it goes down to these percentages, and when people right. look at things in regards to a percentage, because there are people in the past, maybe not as as much currently, but it is a form of validation. Somebody thinks you're sexy enough to whistle at. There have been women. If, if this was an absolute, it would be a slam dunk. You right. know, it would be a slam dunk to say this is completely inappropriate. Nobody wants this activity, blah, 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 blah. I right. think moving forward as a safer bet, there are, since there are the majority of people that don't appreciate cat calls, that don't appreciate dick pics, that there should be a social stigma against sending those. And being a part of that, because this is something where you just have to say there's a majority and laws are passed to protect a majority of people that want something. So I would surely agree that that's something that should be pushed forward that, hey, the majority of people do not want this. Therefore, the people that do, you should ask them first. Right. Right. If you want a a, a picture of my penis, unsolicited Mm -hmm. dick pics should should definitely phase out. But. I don't want to sound like a dick, but you have to look at the fact that it's not across the board unwelcome. Right. And and some apps have started to do that. I think Instagram is one of those where it's like if they they, they, they crack down on, on an explicit material anyway, but it also goes into the uh, uh, direct chats. And I think that that a lot of people don't like how, how censoring works. But I think in that case, it's actually OK, because it, it, I think. In a big way, it's it's preventing unsolicited dick pics from going over at least that platform. Well, I um, think, I mean, even on like FetLife or some of the other platforms, I don't think it would be too hard to put a dot on, uh, you know, by the avatar, like say a gold or red dot or something that or a green dot that says, yes, unsolicited sex pics are fine. And if you look at their picture, because that's the only thing that the guys normally look at. Right. is the the avatar picture if you don't see that dot then you know you will be banned if you send a dick pic if they if they report you to terms of service or, or whatever customer service and they mm-hmm. say hey i have the I, I do not have the dot on my site and this person sent me this yeah and that could be a simple way to make an easy band on on social media i don't quite know about that because i like as we've talked about my photography before and like my my profile picture is usually one of the models that I worked with, and right. I've, I've known a number of guys that will see the picture, skip over all of the pertinent information that would have prevented them from messaging me, and then sending me a message being like, hey, I really like your tits, girl. So, Well, that, well that's what I'm saying. If there's a dot right on right, the right. avatar, you know, you can't ignore the fact that there is no invitation there for you to send this pic. Right. I mean, we're brainstorming. We're you know, perfect yeah, yeah, scenario. Yeah. We're trying to come gotcha. up with shit, but there are definitely ways to to say this is welcome and this is not welcome because there are a lot of people on FetLife that are like, I want to see your dick and I want to see you jacking off on my picture. There are mm-hmm. there are very popular uh, FetLife personalities that that's what they ask for. So you don't want to limit their ability to have the type of sexuality they want, but you want to protect people 
from not being preyed upon if they don't want to be. That's true. Interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure lots of people are going to hate me for saying that, but whatever. <laughs> no, I talked to I, I, I talked I talked to Mew this morning about it. She saw. Have you ever sent your dick pics to people? And I'm like, I mean, lovers. Yeah. You know, like if a lover's like, send, I had a lover once send me, uh, say, you know, jerk off on video for me. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I did. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't need that type of reaction. I want, I want someone to want me. Yeah. I want someone to actually want me before I whip out my penile magic. Yeah. I, I definitely require uh, consent before I send anything like that. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Our, our last article of the segment, this is called, Researchers revisit male bisexuality and draw critics. Uh, this article is from the website undark.org. Um, and so in 2005, researchers at Northwestern University showed men who identified as bi porn featuring male and female performers, and they would, me- and they would measure the men's physical reactions. And so they general, had a ring around the dicks. Pretty much. Dick ring, so, rubber dick ring with a sensor. Exactly. So in general, men's reactions weren't dependent on what was going on um, in contrast to a similar study on women who were physically aroused by both uh, the men and the women. And while they have revisited the study rather recently to include that bisexuality does occur more often, there is still a lot of criticism over basing sexuality research on physical reactions, um, as well as the ethics of validating a person's sexuality through academic research. Like, yes, this study shows you are, in fact, gay. Uh, uh, Bisexuality has been criticized as a legit sexuality for decades. Uh, Back in the 70s, researchers wanted to test gayness. They would use a technique called penile plethysmography. It's the best I can pronounce. (laughs) Sounds Uh, like an Irish drink. (laughs) I plethysmography. Oh, you go down to Plessis McGrathy's <laughs> go, go bar. It's the, great. Go down to the pub and get yourself a pint of Plessis McGrathy. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Sounds great. Um, this is actually a tube filled with liquid conductors and connected to sensors uh, to test the reactions, the physical reactions of participants to various types of porn. Um, this technique was, of course, bastardized and used by immigration officials to test if asylum seekers were really gay or not. And it's still used today to assess sex offenders. So that's fun. The The paper, both the original and the update, still blur the line between genital arousal and sexual orientation. Like, you must have a boner to be into this video. If you don't, you just aren't whatever the orientation yeah, is. Yeah, what if it's a, a non-kink video? And when you're, if you're into kinky, I mean, that, the, there was one quote in that article with someone who was against it was like so you're taking a guy you're putting a ring around his wiener and you're showing him a bunch of clips that you picked and you're going to decide based on that if he's aroused by both sexes yeah exactly it didn't yeah it it doesn't really fly does it 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 doesn't uh one benefit of the research um of and of research like this has been to bring these sexualities and perspectives out in the open and, and is, in fact, actually helping to destigmatize them in general. It's a lot like we were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, where it did a lot of harm, but it also did a lot of good, where it brought a lot of people out and made them actually do a little bit of research and find out how certain uh, people actually live, as opposed to how Hollywood and how certain shitty writers think that people live. 
So we know your opinion of the Fifty Shades of Grey. My favorite book, by yes. the way. I never read it, but it's my favorite book because, like you said, it got 20 million people talking. Yep, exactly. And if studies like these get people talking and having these debates and people from the LGBTQ, whatever all the things are, right. communities are coming out and giving information and saying, okay, well, here's this study, but here's this all this other information that maybe you hadn't considered. I, I also agree. I think, uh, I think a bad study is better than no study as long as it can be met with a good amount of skepticism and that skepticism gets a chance to be heard. Right. And, and especially with uh, this article in particular, it's definitely been met with quite a bit of that. I have uh, a problem with any study that tries to connect physical reaction to actual interest. Um, I have some ED issues and I've had partners with this same kind of mindset that get yes. personally offended because the penis just doesn't do what it's quote unquote supposed to do. Sure. Same here. And so, yeah. So like I, I have a big issue with any article that's like, Oh, you didn't react this way. Or even when you get into like rape cases where it's like, Oh, the, the girl got wet or the guy got hard. And it's like, yeah, because they were being physically stimulated. That doesn't necessarily mean they wanted the action to happen. So I, I have a, I, I have a massive problem with anything that like tries to connect physical react physical reaction to actual consent. Once again, this comes to my thinking, mm -hmm. and that is I hate titles to begin with. I don't give a fuck what you are. It doesn't affect me. And I want to have a conversation with you regardless of what you are because gay means a hundred things bisexual means a couple things but heterosexual i know tons of heterosexual men that will suck a dick if they get drunk you know and obviously in the prison system you're not gay even though you're fucking fucking all sorts of people and whatever but you're not gay because you're assuming the top role i mean everything has its own definition and Ultimately, I'm like, I'm boogie sexual. That's that's my orientation. I don't know what that means all the time. But if you talk to me about it, right, you know, I, I get so, you know, I like the debate on some of these things when people are marginalized because of that title right. that they have taken for themselves. But I also like the idea of not having a title because I want people to have a conversation with me. Right. I want to have a conversation with you. I want to know what enigma sexual means. Right. And we've talked about a lot of those things. Well, do you like this? What do you like about this? How does this work? Because mm -hmm. I think that's a better place to be. And everyone, I, so I appreciate people fighting over this stuff. But at the end of the game, I just really wish people could just be themselves and have conversations. But we can't. Because everyone's still judgy and self-righteous and marginalizing and discriminatory. Right. But ultimately, I would rather just get away from all the titles. Yeah. And I think the dream of like Star Trek and other sci-fi shows where it's like the perfect world where we've all come into unions and we're all, uh, nobody has a specific title and nobody and everybody's just people and we all just work together. Like that, I think that's, it's a nice dream. I don't know if it's necessarily realistic, but I think it's definitely something we can be working towards. Well, I might have made myself sound more that way than I really am. I do think that people can like their sexuality. Mm -hmm. I do think people can be proud. I know a lot of gay men that don't want it to be neutral. They don't want everyone to just be one thing because they like men and they like the fact that they like men. And I know uh, lesbian women 
who like the fact that they're women. And I know people who are non-binary and we know all these different people that I just wish everyone could just be whatever they want to be, but everyone would ask them because I like girls mm-hmm. and I like girls to be the way I think girls should be. Right. And that's okay. You have just as long as I don't discriminate against you for what you think. <laughs> so fuck it. Do whatever. I don't care. Fucking fuck whatever you want to fuck, man. Just don't spray your fluids on me if I'm not into it. If somebody <laughs> wants to find us on social media, where are they going to go? Well, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted PCast. They can find us on FetLife. There's a group and the page. Just search Perverted Podcast. And you can find us online at our website, www.pervertedpodcast.com. Love to read your letters. Hope it never stops. We're going to read your letters on Perverted Mailbox. I'm ready for some mail, Kathy. Bring it on. I'm bringing it on. Aaron wrote to us and he says, Hey guys, proud PP zombie. Well on my way to Zam. Woohoo, Aaron. Yay! He says, I was listening to episode 131 today at work where Boogie was talking about how he never tried to get validation from his parents, but instead learned to find it on his own. My whole childhood, and even up to this day at 44 years old, I can't think of a single time either one of my parents told me they were proud of me. All of my life, I've felt like a failure. Well, over the last few months, I started taking up blacksmithing. I built a forge. I ordered an anvil. I bought some hammers and tongs. I fired up the beast for the first time, and I tried my hand at making nails. But in order to do that, I needed a chisel to cut the metal and a tool to put the head on the nails. So I made the chisel, but I needed a punch to make the nail header. So I made a punch. Then I made the nail header. (laughs) What a journey. I'm like, this is what happens when you don't just go to Home Depot. Like, it's actually hard for a human to make a nail. That's why we had the Bronze Age and the These Ages. I mean, it was a, it's a lot of work to do this something work. simple by hand. People don't know that shit. You got to watch YouTube and see what these fuckers do. It's incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, he goes on to say, finally, I made three usable nails before I ran out of daylight. During which time, by the way, I also had three failures. Now, up until today, I was dwelling on those failures, on the things that I did wrong. But listening to Boogie talk about finding validation, it hit me like a sledgehammer. I set a goal, identified the tools and materials I needed to achieve that goal, got the material, made the fucking tools with my own two hands, and then achieved my fucking goal, goddammit. That is something I can be proud of. So thank you guys for helping me realize that I can celebrate any success, no matter how small. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Woohoo! That is is a great story. And as somebody who watches, like I just literally spent two hours last night watching this uh, hot chick and her uncle make a canoe, a a cedar, uh, an amazing I watch a lot of these how-to builds and stuff like that. People that like ignore the massive machinery and they, you know, do it a lot by hand. And so hearing this story was exciting just to to see how people get into that. 
and you can create something like it's not about making a nail. It is like he said, it's about all of these things that go into just making a functioning thing. And that does take a lot of dedication. And that is something to celebrate. It's the same thing like when I edit the show or make jingles or or when you organize like, you know, Creative Explorers fucking disaster closet or something like that. I mean, those are things we forget to celebrate some of these things. We forget to take that moment and because we're so in, oh, well, I got this done, but I, I should have done this. And those are voices from the past. Those are all our, you know, negative affirmations from parents and school teachers and authority figures and whatever that say, oh, you're, you, you're not great unless you do this incredible thing that they could never do. So they're just going to badger you until you fulfill their fucking shitty legacy of shit they couldn't do. So it's so important. And it was great to read. I mean, of course, it was great to read that our experiences help somebody to see their amazingness. Oh, yeah. And isn't that fucking amazing how powerful our own minds are that you can gloss over everything you just achieve and concentrate just only on those three failures that you had. Sure. And that's programming. Yeah. That's programming because we, we haven't given ourselves permission to be like, well, wait a minute. Of course. Yes. I can't walk on water and, and fly with an umbrella like fucking Mary Poppins, but I can do what I can do. And I've spent years of my life or a certain amount of time learning how to do this thing that gives me pleasure or it fulfills a purpose. And that is something that's an amazing part of humanity. That's an amazing part of our evolution as animals into functioning creatures. And to break away from that programming of the past and to just say, you know what? I don't need you to validate me. This is cool. What I'm doing right now is cool. It may not be everything that I've dreamed of. It doesn't matter. I'm in the moment. I'm here right now. Right now, Kathy, you and I sitting and talking through something 1,500 miles away from each other and creating a show that hopefully entertains and gives support to people like us, that is that's cool. It's actually really, really cool. I don't need my mom or dad to say they're proud of me. Oh, sure, it'd be nice. And, and of course, I probably would have been a little bit different if they'd have been more encouraging and validating and supportive or understanding of my fucking craziness. But I didn't. And that's the fact. We're here today. And it's amazing to hear other people give testimony when they discover that part of themselves. It's very powerful. Yeah. I, I love that email. I, I often feel the same way. I There's so many times where I'm unhappy about where my life is going. And just the other day, Creative Explorer called me up at night, see how I'm doing. And I'm like, you know, I really can't talk right now. I'm in this completely nihilistic frame of mind. I can't get out of it. Everything sucks. Uh, you know, I've got to go get my second mammogram and ultrasound next uh, couple of weeks. And I'm just dreading getting the news of that. And my mind just fucking spirals. You know what pulls me out a lot of times? is knowing that we have this podcast and we reach people. Yeah. 
And I have to force myself to look, to get out of that frame of mind and go, yeah, that other part of your life sucks. But you know what? Some of the stuff you do throughout the week really affects people positively. So let's say we focus on that instead. So I totally get what you're saying. I totally get what Aaron was saying. And it's a powerful thing. And I love hearing that he was able to come out the other end. And you know what? I would love it if he would mail us those three fucking nails. Because <laughs> I, or you know what? Just send us a picture because those are prizes. You never let she, those go. He's like, bro. <laughs> No, Bro, you're not I'm getting spend them. A, spend a day sending a nail. Well, when he gets good at a nail, send <laughs> us a nail, and then maybe we could make like a little piece of jewelry of it. You know, like maybe no. make it like a little ne- necklace. I know you know what we're gonna necklace. do. What? Is the ne- is as soon as you get we get a perverted podcast home, that nail we will use to hang up our first thing on the wall. Oh, that, that's kind of. I like how we're just putting this motherfucker to work. We're all glad to appreciate <laughs> the inspiration. Now get to work, 4G boy. 4G porgy. Just go and make us some shit. And by the way, I could use some cufflinks. Can you get good at that? Go watch some YouTube videos or something. Make it fucking happen. Dude, Aaron, don't listen to us. Keep your nails. Just keep doing what you're <laughs> doing. Your and nails. We're just time. excited for you and excited for all because we've got a lot of these stories. And also, we don't mention that much the the game plan the game plan to become a pp zam or zombie apocalypse master is you have to listen to every fucking show that we have released to date that makes you a pp zam to make to be a pp zombie you have to listen to at least 50 episodes of perverted podcast like a full-time job. You have to spend one week at a, like a super full-time job, and you can be a pee-pee Zam. If you listen to less than 20, you're a zit. You're a zombie in training. And if you listen to one and leave, you're called intelligent. <laughs> None of us are. So here we are, 279 goddamn shows later. Let's finish the show, shall we? come to the end of show 279 when it comes to podcasts we know you have lots of choices to choose from on behalf of boogie and myself we thank you for flying air perverted podcast <laughs> if you are so inclined to give us a little tip as you exit the aircraft please visit patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast and consider donating five bucks to the flight crew and as always write to us god damn it pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Don't forget to also visit us on FetLife under the group name Perverted Podcast. Thank you very much, Kathy. And of course, now, and we didn't talk about it earlier in the show, we do have a TikTok page. I am doing short videos and pieces of the comedy song jingles that we did, like I did alligator balls uh, this morning, and I do these like little acoustic videos now, and we're putting them up on TikTok and trying to have some fun and get some new listeners uh, through that so you can just uh, type in perverted podcast when you go into tiktok and uh and see us there did you also post that picture of you with no bottoms on N- no, you're really obsessed with that that was in a business kitchen like five years ago <laughs> it was embarrassing but whatever i post it but just hanging out there just being all look at me did, with my butt hanging out did you uh did that do something for you did you see those oh believe legs? me it it did something for me all right but you don't want to know what it did <laughs> whatever 
<laughs> I have good legs. I don't have them now, but, you know. Whatever. 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 We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>